I'm so excited about today. I have no idea what's about to happen, but I'm praising God for it. For those of you that have not been with us over the last couple of weeks, let me just catch you up because today is not going to be a normal service for us. And so I invite you to come back next week and uh, to see maybe what a more normal uh, Vertical Life Church worship experience is like. But uh, we've been on a, a journey really over the last couple of weeks in this series called Go For It. Really what we're doing is we're seeking the presence of God in our lives. We're seeking God's presence and asking God to not only fill us, but empower us to be the light as the church of Jesus Christ that he has called us to be. And, and what we're discovering in this message is that the cry of every heart, that, that aching that you have in your spirit when you wake up in the morning and you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're thinking, man, there's got to be something more than what I'm experiencing. There's got to be something more than this. That ache in your heart that every person experiences comes from a lack of intimacy with your Heavenly Father. That is restored. The purpose, the fulfillment everyone on this planet seeks comes from a relationship with God, not just knowing He's there, but having an intimate connection with God where His presence fills your life. And when His presence fills your life, it's going to change some things. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change things in your life. It's going to redirect the very things that, that you might have woken up for before. It's going to change that very purpose. And so every week that we've been gathering, we've been seeking the presence of God in different ways. And every week we've been challenging the church to not just be filled with this presence here, but then to go out into the community, into your workplace, and take a step of faith. Week one, we asked the church to... Uh, Ask the Holy Spirit to lead them to somebody they, where they can meet a need, whether praying for healing, praying for uh, something that they know that they're going through, or maybe a financial need, paying for somebody's lunch or groceries or, or whatever. Whatever God lays on your heart to step out and show the love of God in your daily life. Second week, we challenged the church to spend an extra 30 minutes a day connecting with God in a way that maybe you never have before. I know the busyness of life makes it kind of difficult to really spend intentional time, but the challenge was for us to take 30 minutes of our day that we would waste on Dr. Phil or This Is Us or whatever else that we have going on in our lives that occupy our time, that we would take 30 minutes and pray and just sing worship to the Lord alone, cultivating that intimacy with our Heavenly Father. And allowing his presence to fill us every day of the week, not just looking to Sundays for that filling. Last week, we challenged the church to seek after the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are gifts that the Spirit gives to every believer who is, who is born again to not only build up and encourage the church, but to help take back the ground that the enemy has stolen throughout the world. Because the church is the light of the world. Our, our mission as the church of Jesus Christ is to take the light of Jesus and fill the earth with it. To unleash the Holy Spirit into all the world. To heal the sick. To cast out devils. To tear down enemy strongholds. And so we're seeking the gifts of the Spirit so that we can do that. We can not just come to church, but we can be the church. Amen? Amen. So this is where we are. And so... Uh, every week we've been taking a risk of faith. And uh, last week we talked about Peter and how he walked on water. Now Peter, he had to get out of the boat in order to walk on water. But he got out of the boat knowing it was a possibility he could sink. That's a possibility. Anytime you take a risk of faith or a step of faith, there's a possibility it's not going to go the way you've planned. But that's why it's faith. And that's why we need the Lord. 
And that's why it's his power that is strengthened or is revealed to be strong in our weakness. It's not about us, what we could do, or, or what talents or skills we have. It's about the Lord. And the thing is, is even though Peter sunk in the water, he still got to walk on it. And so unless you take a step of faith or a risk of faith, there's no guarantee that you'll get to walk on the water. But every risk you take gives you an opportunity to do something miraculous and to see God work and move in your life. And trusting that Jesus is with us, trusting that he is here, is what will motivate us and give us the strength that even if we fall, to get up and go after it again. Again, this world and this culture is desperate needing believers who are fearless. And there should be an amen right there. This world needs believers in Christ who are fearless. My wife and I, we, we went to a movie at another church this Friday night called Tortured for Christ. It was about the founder of this organization called Voice of the Martyrs. And they, uh, they uh, rescue Christians that are in persecution all over the world. And he's giving a story and how he spent 13 years in, in prison and was beaten daily, almost half to death, because he simply wanted to pray or preach in the name of Jesus. And, and the story was gripping. But one of the quotes in the movie that, that's touched me, and I've shared it with several people now, he said, and he was quoting somebody else, he said, there are people who believe in God, and then there are people who honestly believe they believe in God. There are people who believe in God, then there are people who believe they believe in God. But the proof is put to test in persecution. And many of us have taken for granted this great country we live in, and it even scares me to think about how would I respond in persecution? Would I hold fast to my faith? Would I claim and hold to Jesus' name even to the point of death? And that's a challenge for me. And I pray to God that the answer is yes. But if you think about our church and our culture and how fickle believers are, I mean, you get one church that doesn't play the right songs and people abandon it and go to the next place down the road. We, we have such an anemic Christian life in this country. This world, in this culture, needs believers who are fearless, who are committed to Christ beyond anything else that they find worthy in this life. And so today... Uh, as I'm challenging you all to take risks of faith in your life, and I'm joining you in those challenges, I, I, God spoke to, to me uh, this week and laid something on my heart. He said, if believers aren't willing to take risks of faith in the safest place they could do it, and which is the church, then how are they going to take risks of faith when it's more dangerous out into the world? If we're unwilling to take risks of faith here in this gathering, when we're surrounded by people who believe like us, who, who are worshiping the same God, who want the same things, how much more difficult is it to take a risk of faith out into the world, to be obedient to what he's called us to do, to live for his glory? And so this Sunday, this worship service is going to be a little different, and I'm going to take a risk of faith. Because in just a moment, I'm taking my hands off of it, and we're going to let the Holy Spirit do what he's going to do. And I want to give a little instruction in just a minute. But before we get started, what I want to do is I want to go into um, just a time of communion with the Lord. And this week I heard a message by Pastor Bill Johnson from Bethel Church. And he was talking about miracles, signs, and wonders in the gospel. And he said something that, that stuck out to me. He said, everywhere you see the gospel preached in the New Testament, it was confirmed with signs and wonders. And 
Paul in the New Testament said, I preached the word and confirmed it with signs and wonders, that the miracles of God accompany the gospel, the pronouncement of the kingdom of God. And so we're going to start our service, this time together, this gathering, with the gospel, the blood and body of Jesus Christ that was given for us. Down here we have the communion elements. And uh, babe, if you would just play softly for for the next little bit. Uh, We're going to start with this communion serve. I'm going to invite everyone to come down and receive the elements. But I want to read something out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And this is Paul the Apostle to the church of Corinth. And this is what he said. He says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me, as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes. The communion service, what this is, this is a proclamation of the gospel. The Lord has come. He died for our sins, and salvation is possible through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so uh, in just a second, I'm going to invite you to stand and and just in single file line, you can make your way down this way and you can take the communion elements. We have wine here that's red. We have juice for those who want to abstain from the wine over here in the white, in the white grape juice. And then we have bread in the middle. And as you come along, I'm going to invite you to take that. And in just a second, we're going to pray and we're going to receive this, uh, this supper together. And we're going to invite God to begin doing a work. We're going to proclaim the gospel with our lives. And then we're going to go on to just a little teaching and just unleash the Spirit of God in this place. Sound good? All right. So let's all stand. Make your way down to the aisle. And you can come one at a time. And once everybody's through, we'll continue on. Just as I am, you welcome me With open arms, how can this be? My guilt is undone, my past is untethered I leave it behind and run to my father there is no disappointment in your eyes there is no shame there is only pride i am loved father i'm loved by you So unreserved, your heart for me. My fear is gone, I am set free. 
nothing to hide, there's nothing to measure. Because I am your child, and that's all that matters. There is no disappointment in your eyes. There is no shame, there is only pride. I am loved, Father, I'm loved by you. There is no distance in your embrace. Over and over again you say, I am loved, Father, I'm loved by you. You are changing everything. You are changing everything. I believe it. I receive it. You are changing everything. You are changing everything. You are changing everything. I believe it. changing everything oh. amen oh his love is so good I just feel it this morning I feel it thank you Jesus Lord, thank you for the blood that was shed, and thank you for the body that was broken. In Isaiah, it says that by your stripes we've been healed, and by every beating that you receive, we are made whole. God, I just thank you for the blood and the body. I thank you for the life that you gave. No one took your life from you, but you willingly gave it because of the great love that you had for us. Father, you sent Jesus because of love. Jesus, you willingly gave your life because of love. Now, Lord, in return, we acknowledge and we remember your sacrifice. And we open our eyes to the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of God has come. And the way to eternal life and to an abundant life in the here and now, that door has been opened. So we receive these elements in faith and we praise you for them. And we look forward to the day when we see you face to face, when our eyes see the risen Lord. Bless this now, bless this time. Come, work, move, bring healing. Fill us with your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may eat and drink.
This message is called The Gathering, and we're not going to be long because I want to open time for us to minister to one another. But before we do that, I want to read some scripture just to clarify and help us be conscious of some guidelines that we receive in the Word as we minister together so that each of us, we can be encouraged and built up as well as not be a distraction to maybe someone else who might be here that, that might be needing to really receive a touch from the Lord. That we don't want anything that we do to draw attention to ourselves, but to place all the focus on Jesus and allow people to encounter him. Two weeks ago, we talked about uh, the presence of the Lord walking in freedom. And, and the reality is, is religion has a good way of putting restrictions on relationship. It has a good way of giving you limitations and, and putting barriers for you to truly experience uh, the, the Lord and intimacy with the Lord. And often our worship is limited by the, the, the rules and regulations and perceptions that men have put on the church. And God desires people who worship him in spirit and truth, which means we give him all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul. That there's to be no limitations in, in our expression to God. That, that that word spirit really means the heart. It's your emotions. It's your inner being. And so it, if your emotions are stifled in worship, you're not able to give God what he desires, and that is your heart. So we don't want to limit or restrict a, any freedom in worship. However, we are encouraged in the word of God when we gather for worship and we're ministering and we're celebrating the Lord that each of us should not feel restrained by others, but we should show some self-control within ourselves. And, and to do so really for two reasons. Number one, so that everybody is encouraged. The reason we gather here each week is not for the pastor to preach a good sermon and for you all to leave feeling, wow, that was cool, right? We gather together so you are encouraged, built up, strengthened, and on fire to go reach the world for Jesus Christ. That's why we gather. So everything we do needs to have that in mind, that everyone needs to be encouraged. And the way we encourage everyone is we also need to be sensitive to those who are around us. The Holy Spirit works in some mysterious ways. There's some, I've seen some crazy things that the Holy Spirit does. When he does, he does what he does, it can be odd. It can be, it can be uh, unfamiliar, especially when he touches people. It can be very peculiar. And if you're not familiar with the way the Holy Spirit can manifest in a person's life or on a person or in a room, and you see him working in somebody that you're not familiar with, you might think they're having a psychological fit. You might think they're crazy. Matter of fact, Paul the Apostle, who instructs us on gifts of the Spirit, even says the same thing in 1 Corinthians 14, 23 through 25. He says, even so... If unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and they hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they'll think you're crazy. That's crazy, right? That they're going to think you're wackadoo. You've lost uh, you're a few fries short of a Happy Meal. You know, but verse 24, he says, but if you're all prophesying in a meeting, they'll be convicted of sin and judged by what you say. As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed. They will fall on their knees and worship God, declaring God is truly here among you. If they can't know what's going on and they're confused and they think people are crazy, their hearts are going to be hardened. They're going to push back and they're going to leave unchanged. But if God's able to touch them in a way that they can understand, they're going to get saved and they're going to give glory to God, which is why we exist. 
So whenever we're expressing freedom in worship, when we're, when we're following and using the gifts that we have, we need to be conscious of how what we're doing is affecting the people around us. Uh, and this is one of the reasons why I'm chasing words of knowledge and the prophetic gifts in my own life because of what Paul is getting at. It's been so amazing to see in just a few experiences I've been able to have over the last even few months that when the Spirit speaks and he touches somebody in the deep recesses of their soul, when a perfect stranger comes up and reads somebody's mail, it shocks. It, it, it's like, how do you know this about me? And it opens the door to preach the gospel and see lives changed, to see seeds planted. And so Paul here, he's comparing the difference between two spiritual gifts. And I don't think this principle is related solely to, to speaking in tongues. That's just one of the many gifts. It can also be in continued outbursts and uncontrollable shouting, anything that can become a distraction away from somebody having an encounter with the Lord. There's a difference in participating in the flow of the Spirit and becoming obnoxious. There's a difference. So we need to have that. We need to be sensitive to those who are around us to aid them in encountering God. How else will they be able to hear their secret thoughts exposed and give glory to the Lord? Right? So when we gather together and we're ministering in the gifts, when we're, when we're encouraging one another, we yet need to be sensitive to those who are around us. We can be flowing in the Spirit. God might be moving powerfully in us. And it's easy to create this bubble where we forget other people are around. So we need to have that because the goal is for everyone to be encouraged. And so if we're experiencing a move of God, but the person next to us leaves and never returns again or, or leaves without you know, God touching them, what good is that if our experience ruins their, their opportunity for salvation? We don't want to do that. Their, their need for salvation is of utmost importance. So we need to keep that in mind. Now, I want you to hear me on this because I don't want to discourage anyone from walking in their gifts. Matter of fact, Paul goes above and beyond to encourage the use of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in this passage of Scripture. Here in, in 1 Corinthians 14, he says explicitly, it is not wrong to speak in tongues when you gather into a church service. He's just giving guidelines on how to do it so that you can use your gift and be built up as well as encourage other people. He, he says and encourages others to use their gifts and goes as far as to say not to forbid people to speak in tongues. But he also gives some parameters on, on prophesying. He, uh, he says in 1 Corinthians 14, 29, he says, let two or three people prophesy and then let others evaluate what is said. But if someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, let the one who is speaking stop. In this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak one after the other so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. The goal is encouragement. If you're up here at the microphone and you're hogging the microphone, that means you're more interested in what you have to say than everyone else being encouraged. So when, if you're at the microphone giving a testimony or, or giving a word of encouragement for the church and you see someone else come up, that's your cue to land the plane, right? Because we want to give everyone an opportunity to exercise their gifts because we're being sensitive to those who are around. And utmost of importance is that everything that is done is decent and in order and brings encouragement and strengthening to everyone around. There, there are... Time after time, just a reiteration of this fact, let all be encouraged. 
And so we have these guidelines to, to make sure that it's not pandemonium. It's more of a controlled chaos. Everyone is ministering, but yet everyone is encouraged. And it's my belief that if our motivation is not selfish or self-seeking, but to operate in love, which is the power behind all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, every one of us that gather today will be built up and encouraged. And we're going to experience something really special. I believe it. I feel it. And the enemy has been trying tirelessly this week to prevent it from happening. Now, there are two gifts that we discussed earlier were tongues and prophecy, but there are many gifts of the Spirit that the Spirit gives. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. The Spirit of God lives in you. The Word says the Spirit has given you gifts of the Holy Spirit. And if there are gifts that you don't have that you desire, merely go after them and he will give them to you. And here are the different kinds of gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11 says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. No one person, or the, to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which each person should have. So the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, who has been poured out by Jesus Christ, has given everyone a gift. And because these gifts are gifts of grace, we didn't earn them. We didn't do anything to receive them. We receive them by faith, just like we did as salvation. We have to also operate in them by faith. And everyone here has at least one gift and one gift to share. And Paul says something very unique. And this is where we can begin to see the biblical narrative kind of separates from our cultural Christianity. In our current culture, we have this mindset of what going to church is supposed to be like. We sing some songs, the pastor preaches, there might be an altar call, and then we all go out to lunch and get fat because we're Americans, right? That, that's, the, that's the American Christian experience. But here, Paul says something different as it pertains to the worship gathering in 1 Corinthians 14, 26. He says, well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given, one will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. Again, we want to reiterate, it's for the strengthening of us all. But the point of our gathering here, did you catch it? One will teach, one will speak, one will prophesy. The intention of the gathering is for the people of God to use the gifts that he's given in order for us to be the unstoppable church that Jesus died for us to be. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. How does God build his church? By strengthening each of us. And how does he strengthen us? Through the ministry of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So when we gather together, it's not about the pastor. It's not about the worship team. It's not about the latest and greatest song. It's not about lights and fog machines. 
It's about Jesus Christ and the strengthening of the church. So when we gather, we're invited and encouraged by the word of God to walk in the gifts, build up one another, and fan into flame the presence of God in our midst. And my prayer is that God's presence would always be powerful in our gatherings and that we'd always be ready to participate in the ministry of the kingdom of God. So I want to close really just with a few things. And if if you're a believer here, I just want to encourage you, you have gifts and you have access to gifts. God wants to do something powerful in you and through you today. And you have gifts that we need, that you need to share. And in order to do that, you've got to take a risk. You may have never taken a risk of faith. Today is the day. You're in a safe place. This is home. We all love you. We love Jesus. Let's do that together. Let's take a risk today. And I want to give just a little instruction about, what about what's about to happen. Because I'm getting ready to take my hands off this thing. And I'm going to allow us to just follow whatever the Holy Spirit leads. But in just a moment, my wife is going to play. This is Tony. Everyone say hi, Tony. She's going to be playing softly on the piano. It says, one will sing. Well, that doesn't mean she has to be the only singer. But she has a bucket of music, a a pack of music over here. If you've been with us for, for a while, and as we are in this time of prayer and response... If God lays a song on your heart that we have done before, because she has to have music for it, if he lays a song on your heart that we've done before, you can make your way up to the front, share it with her, and she will lead us in that song. We want our worship to be spirit-led today. In a minute, I'm going to ask Virginia. Raise your hand, Virginia. Matter of fact, you can make your way down here. Virginia is going to come over here. Virginia has been seeking the gift of healing, and it's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so if you also desire the gift of healing, she'll be here to pray with you for an impartation of that gift, that you'd receive that gift. If you need healing in your body, you have pain in your body, sickness, uh, if you're facing a doctor's uh, visit sometime soon and want to receive healing, those of you that want to seek the gift of healing, come down here. They will pray for you, and they'll continue to pray until God uh, performs a miracle. And, uh, and if he does, we've got the microphone. We want you to share it so we all can give God glory for what he does. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. Some of you are going to get radically touched today. I just feel it. I feel it. Okay. Uh, Chris Moyer, where are you at? Chris Moyer. Come on down, Chris. Chris is going to be here. Chris, come on down. Price is right. Chris, a couple weeks ago when we had a gathering believe that God had given him an impartation of a gift of interpretation. So if you are here and you speak in tongues, you pray in tongues, we're going to open this area of the floor, this altar, for you to come forward and pray and exercise your gift. Pray in the Spirit. And as you're praying, Chris is going to listen and ask the Holy Spirit for interpretation. If he receives an interpretation, he's going to confirm it with me, and we'll invite both the speaker and uh, him to come and give that to build up the church. It's going to be exciting. I'm just, I'm waiting. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. You guys are looking at me like I'm crazy, but you don't understand what God's going to do. I'm, I'm crazy for Jesus. I, I am. I'll tell you what. Uh, I've been chasing words of knowledge, and this week I went to Subway to, to get my, my wife and daughter some food. And uh, as I'm standing there in the Subway line, uh, this, this girl, young girl there named Mallory, and uh, I always read the name tags because when I talk to somebody, I want them to feel important, so I call them by their name. And uh, God's told me that she likes to write and she likes fantasy novels. 
And it's always weird because I'm like, how do I know this is even true? I don't even know. How do I know this is God and I'm not making it up? Well, you got to test it, right? So she's making the sub, and I said, I said, hey, Mallory, I got a question. Do you like to write? And she's like, well, kind of, you know, when I'm feeling lyric. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. You know, I was like, okay. I was like, but do you like to read, like, fantasy novels? And she's like, yeah, I do like to read fantasy novels. I'm like, yes. So I'm like, well, and she's like, why do you ask? And I said, because God's telling me this. He told me the minute I walked up to your line, because I know he wants a relationship with you. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? It just flows. And uh, she's like, well, I kind of believe in God, but I'm not a Christian or anything. And I said, well, God has a purpose for your life. And he's telling me this to let you know he's chasing you. He wants a relationship with you. And if you just give your life to him, he's going to trans- He's going to change you. He's going to do things with you. She's like, oh, thank you. I needed that today. You know, so we planted seeds. I didn't get the leader to Christ, but it was a God moment that wouldn't have happened if I didn't go for it. And I, I felt like, I don't even know if this is true, but I'm going to just assume God's speaking. This is often how the gifts of the spirit work. You don't feel like he, man, like you've got the power, right? You got to do this in faith. You know, so if you want to pray for healing, come down and pray. God does the work. If you want to, if you pray in the spirit, come down and pray, and God's going to do the work. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you battle depression and anxiety, or you've got some strongholds in your life, and you want to, uh, to seek the uh, revelation of God or the prophetic gifts for, for deliverance. I'll be down here to pray with you, and we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to do the work, and I know God's going to radically touch somebody. If you've been a believer your whole life, and you've never been baptized or filled in the Holy Spirit, come on down, and we'll lay hands on you, and we'll pray. The empowerment of God, Jesus said in Acts 1-8, comes when the Spirit of God, he said you'll receive power when the Spirit comes upon you. He comes in you for you, but he comes upon you to empower you for other people. So come on down, and we'll pray that you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and we're just going to trust God to work and move in this place. Does this sound fun? Are you excited? Are you excited for what God's going to do? I'm so excited. Some of you are shaking in your boots. You're like, don't call on me. God's already calling on you. If your head's down, you know God's talking to you. you know, that's how he works. So here's what I'd like to do. I'd like us to pray together. And go ahead and start playing, will you? So you can play softly. We're going to pray together. And then after we pray, you respond to what the Spirit does to you. If you just want to stand there and worship, if that's how you feel led, worship. The words will be on the screen. Tony will announce the song that we're going to do so the Reese can uh, get the words on. If you want to come forward and just pray, just do that. If you need healing, you need a word, you want to exercise your gifts, let's do this. And let's strengthen and encourage each other in the Lord. And let's get lit on fire for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Let's raise our hands to the Lord together in this place. Heavenly Father, thank you for what you're about to do. Lord, we receive your Holy Spirit. Work and move now. Spirit, come. Fill us up. Empower us for ministry. God, we don't want to be just a normal church. We want to be the church that you gave your life for. We want to be worthy of your blood and your body. We want to be so filled with your spirit, God, that every room we walk into changes. God, we don't want to be the same. God, I pray against the enemy of servants' works and effects right now, Father, that every distraction and every opposition would be bound and cast out in Jesus' name. And together in agreement, Lord, we come to you petitioning the throne of heaven. Lord, work and move. We're yours. Move in us now. We call forth the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Holy Spirit, come. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to move. You want to stand? Go ahead. 
Whatever you need, you come forward. If you need healing, come forward. If God's working in your life or you have a need, come forward. If you have the gift of speaking in tongues, praying in the Spirit, come forward. Right now, whatever it is. If you have a need on your heart and you need, you need a, that need met, come on down. We'll pray.